Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Quiet boys, don't mind it. It's a little more me than That's Drake more. and she shizzle and... That's more Brett Jeeves. Puff Daddy. Run to paradise. Mm. And we well, are... Well, right down David O'Burns alley, I reckon. I can picture him with a I mullet reckon. in the saloon in Launceston way back when. Was the saloon around when you were a boy growing up in Launceston, Obi? And uh, Yeah, no, yes it was. Yes, no, the saloon um, hit the heights. Obviously, uh, a bloke of my era, the pavilion was also... Um, a, uh, a bit of a haunt for uh, for Saturday nights after the football. Yes, yes. No, the saloon was a cracker and, uh, and it's a good song, that one. Run to Paradise, classic. <laughs> would, I, would I be right in saying that your cover band might have even played that song over the years? <laughs> no, no, we didn't go to the Jets. We, you know, we were more... More a bit uh, what we went with, uh, the go-betweens, a bit of REM, a couple of Australians. So remember the stems from... Uh, uh, Sydney, we did a couple of those, no. but no, uh, yeah, right. I couldn't. I couldn't hit the heights of that bloke. Fair enough. Uh, David Brett brought something to my attention before, which, given that I work in news, I probably knew, did, should have known about. But I'll let him explain. You've had a big week in Parliament. No, well, huge congrats, Obi. You got a bill through during the week, which was uh, obviously I know you're enormously passionate about uh, about the community and. Um, so an excellent bill through the uh, the, the tenancy uh, union. Give us um, give us a bit of an update on on that one. Yeah, I was look. It's it is something I'm pretty passionate about, and uh, and I think I'm the first sort of crossbench independent member to get a bill through the house that essentially everyone agreed with. There were a couple of minor amendments uh, to um, uh, to make it easier to transition into. Uh, so I was pretty happy with that. But essentially, it's it's about treating public housing tenants the same. Um, as private residential housing tenants in terms of um, curtains and blinds. So under the current Act, um, it's, um, it's compulsory for the private sector to a uh, private uh, rental market to have blinds and curtains, but it's not the case for public housing. And yet when, you, when you're really struggling and you're either moving from a car or a shelter and you, you know, you've been waiting for two years and you get uh, access to a house, it's fantastic news. But... Um, uh, curtains and, and blinds you have to fund yourself really there's no obligation for public housing providers to do that and I just think that's that's uh, terrible for those people they're, they're moving into you know from tough circumstances they've got a house but they deserve a bit of privacy and some dignity so yeah we got that through the lower house and and um, I've got um, uh, Mr Gaffney in the upper house helping me out get it through um, hopefully in the upper house so yeah it's a good result. It, it, it kind of spun me out a little bit, Obi. I read that and couldn't believe that that, that wasn't already in place. I mean, it's just such a no-brainer, isn't it? That um, yeah, so cre- exactly credit right. credit to you for, for for picking that up and you know having the uh, the ability to to get it through. Now, big weekend as well. There's in your role, we'll put another hat on you. Um, you've got <laughs> seven lying on the ground there. So grab the SFL president's hat. Um, talk yeah, to us about the weekend of footy. The helicopter on top. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, big weekend in um, footy. We got the prelim final uh, down at Signet, uh, where I think most people just assumed it was going to be the big three um, coming towards the end of the season in terms of Hewenville, Signet, uh, and Lindisfarne. Um, and well, I mean, clearly, Hewenville, um, you know, are, are out in front and they're already um, qualified for the grand final. And uh, and Signet um, took it up to them at, at times last week, so they're they're at home and they're playing against Dodgers who. Uh, who have just hit form at the right time, and it's going to be a cracking match. So uh, I think uh, uh, the emerging teams, you know, Dodgers and, and Brighton and Sorrell just missing out on the final, they're really starting to uh, to change the look of, uh, of, of the SFL. So big, uh, big prelim final uh, today down at Signet, and tomorrow we've got um, three big dancers, the three divisions of the... Uh, SFL Women's Comp are, are coming together and we've got the three grand finals uh, on Sunday. So a massive weekend. David, I saw a photo of you during the week uh, carrying a, a trophy. Now, you're not the biggest bloke in the world, but my God, that was an enormous trophy, wasn't it? Um, it the, the, well, these are the, the three um, uh, I, I wasn't holding. I know the AFL Cup was uh, was wandering around and I didn't get, get access to that, but uh, you know, we got, um, we got the three. We had the, the, the uh, the six teams competing for the three trophies on uh, on Sunday, so we're all there. And uh, yeah, no, they're pretty impressive, uh, uh, pretty impressive cups. So I think uh, um, the women are very keen to get their hands on it uh, on Sunday. Absolutely enormous. Um, back to sort of more parliamentary matters. What's your take yep. on the stadium debate at the moment? We've seen two reports during the week. The interim report from Parliament. They're pretty sceptical of the government. But then a positive report about the economic benefits. What's your gut say at the moment about where we're at? Well, I think in some respects it's probably predictable where we're at. I think uh, when uh, all of a sudden an idea gets thrown on the table and and we've had this discussion before about uh, how the government has handled this in terms of a lack of information, a lack of comprehension of uh, not only the 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 requirements that Tasmania has to sign up to for a team and also the support that AFL will give to a Tasmanian team, but also with the issue around the stadium and the kind of role it will play uh, in the Tasmanian economy in Hobart. I think where we're at is, regardless of the, the two Liberal independents who've, um, um, who've blown the show up for the, for the Liberal government, uh, it's actually predictable you know, once something comes on, people are shocked by it. There's a lot of anger and a misunderstanding. And I think with the report, particularly with Saul Lake leaning in behind it, in terms of the broader aspects of what that facility uh, will do for, for Tasmania, and also you've got the momentum now. Um, where We hear that the, the board for the new Tasmanian team will be um, announced in coming weeks. Grant O'Brien sort of working, you know, working the communities across Tasmania and having conversations. So... In, in some respects, it's, it feels like it's been going on forever, but it's, it's really early days in terms of both the stadium through the parliament and the Tassie team. Um, and I suppose it's become, people are becoming more aware of, of the broader issues, so I think people are calming down and, and, again, looking to government to see what they do in parliament with the next few steps. You'd have some interesting conversations with people who are going to be intimately involved in making this a reality. Is there any nervousness about the site itself and its suitability for such an enormous project? Uh, I think there's, uh, I think there's legitimate questions. I mean, obviously, it's it's partially reclaimed land. Um, it's in a little tight little section. It is on on the edge of a working port. Uh, you've got the cenotaph there. I think there, quite rightly, there are some 
some questions about that. But there's a lot of people who, who see uh, these kind of developments in other capital cities within walking distance of, you know, four or five multi-storey car parks, um, multiple five-star hotels, lots of restaurant, um, restaurants and cafes and hospitality venues. They intuitively know economically that's most... You know, that's probably the best spot for it. But again, the government needs to, and this is a part of the problem, if you if you throw something out there and you, and you haven't done your work in terms of preparing people um, for answers to questions, uh, and there's a lot of work to be done on the planning process and the development and the design on it, I, I think most people think intuitively that there is that that's a great opportunity for it to be there. But I think there are still some lingering questions. But um, based on some of the, my conversations I've had, I'm confident that, um, by one way or another, they can work through those things. I mean, the, the the big thing for everyone is, you know, is obviously being cost. So as far as getting that site ready for development, uh, what does that look like in terms of addition to the budget? We know that the the seven fifty eight fifteen million dollar uh, figures been been thrown around. It, it just doesn't feel likely anymore. No, and I think when you see cost blowouts in in other projects, I think. Um, I think that number, uh, again, it's a number that's been thrown out there without a design, uh, without uh, an understanding of um, the kind of material they're going to need, um, what's encompassed in the facility. So I, I think it's sort of shadow boxing on that on that kind of stuff. I think the 750 is a ballpark. Um, I, I think, depending on the final design, it's really hard to predict where it is. But I think from the from the day they they put that figure out there to where we are. Uh, if it's uh, you know if it's the same kind of um, frame in terms of the design and build, well then, when I think it's going to be slightly more expensive than what mm, they put out. But yeah. again, it's hard. This is the problem. Um, we don't know. We haven't seen a design. There's been no um, proper proper specs done. So um, I think we know it's going to be a big number. It, it, there's no doubt it'll have an impact on the budget. Obviously, the federal government has um, has made a significant commitment um, for the uh, for the the precinct, which is very important, um, but also this is these are capital costs. They're not recurrent, uh, and you frame them out over a number of years. Uh, and also, you've got to look at um, you've got to look at these kind of investments from governments over over the years. Remember the the controversy when um, Jim Bacon and Paul Lennon and David Crean announced the two new Spirit of Tasmania vessels back then. It was a that was a lot of coin back then. It was a big big. You know, it was a big commitment, um, but it transformed uh, the north of the state and transformed uh, the kind of tourism we had in Tassie. So these big decisions um, have a big, big price um, attached to them. Uh, in some respects, it's it's capital, not recurrent, so it doesn't have to be every year. And arguably, you would say that this is an intergenerational asset. This is an asset that won't last for four years. Um, it'll It'll last for 50 years and beyond. Very quick one because we want to talk to you about the pies as well. Where did we put the high oh. performance centre? It'll be in your electorate, maybe. Give us a one-word answer there or two. Uh, well, to be honest, I know that um, I, I know that uh, everyone's got worked up about it. Must be within walking distance of a city. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced on that. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, you look at a couple of sites, and, and if you sort of look at them in isolation, they're close to the city. They make sense, um, but open space and. Uh, uh, and um, and uh, community recreation um, in in Hobart, particularly Western Shore, is is uh, is pretty tight. Um, mm. I understand Rosney Rosney's in the in the in the zone based on what I've read. 
I'm not convinced that's an ideal ill spot for it. Um, I, I've I've not been um, um, a secret in this, but I'm I'm a big fan of the of Cambridge. Um, big flat land, lots of space. Um, I know it's not next to the city, but it's 15 minutes drive. It's near the airport, so I've, I think that's a that's a great um, location. It's private land, so you don't have the issues with Crown land. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, the, the club needs to make the best decision in concert with councils and the landowners to get the best facility because we do need to have it built well, um, enough space, and all the facilities so that we can set not only um, our AFL and AFLW teams and VFL, VFLW teams for success, but a facility that community football uh, clubs and sporting clubs and athletes can access. And that's a big part of the ticket as a SFL president. We want to make sure that it's not just for the elite, that we can get access to that. And in my discussions with Grant and, and, um, and AFL Tasmania, that's definitely a part of the, uh, a part of the frame. We're way over time. We have to get to a break. Should Braden Maynard get rubbed out? Oh, look, it's the problem is the bloke got knocked out, and that's that's a terrible thing, and I really feel for him. But he he jumped a smother, um, split spec, split second decision to brace for contact. Um, I think it it was there's no intent. Um, it's yeah. Look, I, I very I, diplomatic. I very rubbing, diplomatic. If we're rubbing blokes out for that, I mean, look at Cripps last year, uh, in terms of what he did, in, uh, um, and he got let off. So, as a Collingwood man, clearly not guilty. Let him off. Um, I'm sure every other club uh, supporter in the league is is go, he's going to jail four to six with good. Oh no, Brett's on your reckon. side. Brett reckons there's, well, he should Alex, get off. But... Alex, Alex will be going to jail if we don't get to a break yeah, in the sorry. next five seconds. Obi, I've been trying right. to tell him for two minutes, mate. Thanks so much for your All time. Best, uh, well no done on the bill as well. Huge, yeah. huge achievement. Yeah, great work. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, lads. All the best. Have a great weekend. See Cheers. You, Brett's right. Time for a break. We'll be back with more after this.